Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Conservative Woman's Guide. I'm your host, Peyton Smith. Today, I'm joined by special guest, Julia Canzano, for the Conservative Woman's Guide to Dating Intentionally. We'll be talking all things relationships, like navigating hookup culture, sticking to your values, and dating across party lines. So welcome, Julia. Thanks so much for having me, Peyton. Could you just give us a very brief backstory on your relationship since you're now recently engaged? Congratulations. Thank you. Um, So I met my now fiance on a dating app. Um, We met on Hinge and we first started going out in February of 2022 um, and officially started dating April of 2022. And then I just got engaged a couple weeks ago. So September 2023. So basically been together for about a year and a half. Oh, that's so exciting. I also met my fiance on a dating app, so. (laughs) Seems to be the thing for our generation nowadays. Yeah, nowadays. We met during COVID too, so it was a little harder to meet people during that time. But I think a big question is in today's world with hookup culture, how did you make sure to date intentionally? Yeah, I definitely went into dating um, after college knowing I wanted to date intentionally. Um, I think when you're in high school and you're in college, it's really hard to think about the future and kind of what you want out of life. But once you're, you know, on your own and working, uh, you know, living on your own, you kind of have a little bit better idea of what you're looking for. Um, So I knew that, you know, all of my relationships going forward after college, like marriage was going to be the goal. And I was looking for things specifically that would either point me in the direction of, okay, this would be a good man that I want to marry someday, or he's maybe a good guy, but not the best fit for me, or this is definitely a no, should not pursue this any further. Um, So when I got started on dating apps, um, I had a very, very specific goal of what I wanted in mind. Um, And with Hinge, if you haven't used it, there are certain filters you can have on there um, about your preferences, everything from politics to religion. Um, Do you like to drink? Do you smoke? Do you want children? Um, And so I knew specifically what I was looking for. So it was very easy when I would match with people to say, this isn't it, not for me, or, oh, this is maybe a potential match. And it wasn't based off of looks. It was purely, you know, do they fit my requirements for religion, for politics, for wanting children, all those categories. Um, And then as I would go on um, a date, I would be looking for certain things without explicitly having to ask for them. So I knew that in my next relationship, I wanted somebody who had a big family and family was really important to him. So the first date that I went on with my now fiance Um, within 15 minutes of that date, he casually just mentioned in the conversation, like, oh, you know, this weekend I spent time with my sister and her niece or his nieces. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, uh, do you have any siblings? Like, do you have any more nieces and nephews? And, you know, he said he had older siblings, he had other nieces and nephews. And so to me, that told me, okay, he's got a large family. Um, he has older siblings that are married with children. So he's got a good model of what does it mean to be married in this day and age? And also Mm -hmm. if his siblings are married with kids, they learned that and had that modeled for them off of somebody, which is probably his parents. So his parents probably also have a very healthy relationship. And I ended up being correct about all of those things. Um, But I didn't have to necessarily like interview him to say, oh, how's your family life? Like what kind of relationships do they have? It was just certain things that I was looking for that I was able to pick up in conversation. Yeah. How did you kind of determine what all of those things were that you were looking for? Like, how did you kind of determine what values you were and weren't willing to compromise on? Uh, So the guy I dated when I was in college, uh, terrible relationship. I think everybody's got one out there that is just awful. Um, And part of that was because of COVID. Part of it was just we really were not quite as well matched as we thought we were. Um, But I was able to learn from that relationship. Okay, this is everything I don't want in a guy. So let me just go find everything I do want. Um, 
So, you know, the guy I dated in college didn't have the greatest work ethic. Um, he wasn't the most respectful to my family. Um, he didn't really know what he wanted in life. So for me, then I said, okay, every relationship that I go into after this, I want somebody with a good work ethic. I want somebody who values family life and is respectful to my family. Um, and like I said, little things that you look for and you pick up on where you don't explicitly have to ask. So, uh, my fiance, um, again, a couple weeks into dating him, you know, he said he was, he was stressed because he was trying to get a card in the mail for his grandparents for St. Patrick's day, which isn't, you know, Aww. the biggest of holidays, but they're older and they appreciate the card. And, you know, uh, he's like, I got to get it in the mail for them. Cause they're really going to appreciate it. And so again, to me that said, okay, he values his family. He knows how to respect others, how to, you know, appreciate others. And so didn't necessarily have to ask for that of what I'm looking for, but mm -hmm. I was able to see by his behavior and what he does that, okay, that matches the boxes of things that I'm looking for in a guy. Yeah, I know personally I created a whole list after my very first relationship. I created a list in a little journal and I was like, this is everything I want in my future husband. And then as I would start talking to guys, I would kind of go through the list. And if they didn't check off every single box, I was like, all right, no, this is not going to work long term. Let's not waste either of our time. And then when I met my now fiance, I was like, yes, he checks every single box. And it was a long list. Yep. And like <laughs> I had with my list, I had categories of like, all right, these are absolute non-negotiables. And then some things where, okay, mm -hmm. maybe. Um, and I think the great thing about dating apps is like I said, there's different filters on there um, where it says mm -hmm. politics, religion, lifestyle choices. And I think that's a good starting point. And, you know, if you're looking yeah. to get started on dating apps or you're, you're trying to hack them and figure out how to make them work, great starting points to get to talk to somebody and get to know them. Um, but for you personally, I recommend like really delving deep into those topics. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's not enough just to say, okay, I'm Catholic or I'm Jewish or, you know, I'm Christian or whatever. It's what does that actually mean to you? So for myself, I'm Catholic and that meant, okay, we're going to go to mass every single Sunday. I want to raise my children mm -hmm. in the Catholic church you know, make it a point to have them go to Catholic school. They're going to do all the sacraments. And there's some people out there who, you know, maybe consider them ca themselves Catholic, but they don't want to do all those things. You know, maybe they're okay with sending their kids to public school or they're okay with mm -hmm. not going to church every Sunday. So they're great starting points, but I think the more you can delve deeper into them of what you want, the much easier it'll be when you're going on dates to be able to filter and say, okay, this guy matches enough of those boxes or yeah, they don't really match them and it's just not going to work for me. Yeah. Should you kind of compromise on things such as politics and religion? Or do you, per, I guess it's more of a personal question, how do you decide if you should compromise on those topics? Because I know some people don't really care, but other people really do. And I guess if you and your partner don't see eye to eye on that kind of stuff, how do you navigate those, that yeah. terrain? And obviously every relationship is different, you know, and it's, it's very much case by case basis. But I will say in general, if you are somebody who cares a lot about politics and cares a lot about your faith. And, and that can be any, you know, side of where you fall politically or any faith. Um, you shouldn't compromise on that because it's a major mm -hmm. piece of who you are. It informs a lot of your beliefs, a lot of your thinking, a lot of your actions. And if you're thinking about, you know, you're dating for marriage, you know, you go through the honeymoon phase, you know, you really love this person, you, everything's going great, but what happens when you're seven years down the road or 10 years down the road? And, you know, it's just bothering you that you guys can't agree on something and, you know, you're probably not going to change their mind. They're probably not going to change your mind versus, 
mm-hmm. how much easier it will be if you and your you know boyfriend, fiance, husband, you match up on all the big important things. So whether you really care about abortion, whether you really care about um, some super niche topic that's just really important to you, whether you <laughs> care about you know just uh, politics in general, um, I think that's up for every person to decide how intensely they want it to be. But, you know, if Mm -hmm. you if you are very set in your values and you care a lot and you keep up with the news or you're very set in your faith and your beliefs, um, don't compromise. There's seven billion people on this planet. There's definitely somebody out there for you. And it's perfectly fine to have friends of all different backgrounds and faiths. And, you know, that's a really beautiful, wonderful thing. But if you're going to be living with somebody for the rest of your life, it better be somebody that, you know, you guys agree on 95 percent of things. Yeah, all the yes. major things. <laughs> um, I know it's really common, actually, to be in long-distance relationships, especially in that transition period. Like, maybe you're dating your high school boyfriend, and you guys are now going to separate colleges. How do you, or do you have any tips for listeners on who are navigating this experience? Or, I don't know if you've had any experience with long-distance relationships, but... I have two major tips. Um, if you're in the transition period between high school and college, or college and you know, grad school or college and working a career, um, definitely sit down and have that conversation about how you see mm-hmm. the future looking. And it's okay if your plans change, you know, maybe a job opportunity comes up that you didn't think was going to come up or, or, you know, whatever happens, but it's better to have that conversation than not. Um, my high school boyfriend, we did not have that conversation and we spent oh, no. the entire summer in between uh, high school and college, just kind of avoiding the topic. And then August rolled around a couple months away or a couple weeks away from having to, to move out. And finally, we sat down and we're like, what are we going to do? <laughs> because we're <laughs> both leaving the state and we're going to be at schools very far apart from each other. And mm-hmm. we ended up breaking up. And it would have looking back, it would have been very difficult to keep that relationship going in college. We both were very mm-hmm. busy people, very active on campus. Um, it was definitely for the better. But it was not a great feeling to be one week away from having to move out and go to college. And, you know, you're in a breakup that you didn't think was going to happen. So definitely Mm -hmm. have a conversation. And then if you've had the conversation and, you know, you say, okay, we're going to do long distance for a year or a couple months or whatever it is. um, The best way to keep that relationship up um, is to block off time. And I know Mm -hmm. sometimes that's really awful to be like, oh, I have to block off time in my calendar for for fun things. But <laughs> if you just say like, okay, every night we're going to FaceTime for 20 minutes or, you know, on our lunch break, I'm going to call you for 15 minutes and we're going to catch up. That continued, you know, keeping them in the details on your life. They keep you in the details on their life. Um, it's not going to replace being in person. You know, I don't, I don't think anybody mm-hmm. can really replace that. But you know, if you're going days without talking to each other, or it's very one-sided where, you know, one person is really trying to reach out and the other person isn't, um, then maybe you need to sit down and come up with a couple strategies of what works for your schedule um, and what's realistic for the both of you. I definitely think open communication is key. I love how you touched on that. And I also think setting the expectation of even like the in-between of those time blocks that you guys have already set aside, what level of communication do you guys expect from each other? Like, do you expect morning and night texts? Do you expect little updates throughout the day? Or do you just expect like one text message kind of 
summing up everything that's happened that day? Or do you want like a quick phone call, like five minute phone call at the end of the day? I know my fiance and I'm I've been navigating long distance now for our entire relationship. <laughs> we have Sunday evenings are set as our FaceTime date evening, but we have a like expectation of each other that in the morning we say good morning, at night we say good night to each other, and we'll send like one kind of medium length paragraph text filling each other in on everything that's happened that day, just so we're kind of up to date on what's going on, but we're not bombarding each other or I don't have the constant feeling of like, oh, I need to be on my phone 24 seven, like keeping up to date on every single thing I'm doing. Cause that can be too much. And that I think is where the stress really comes in when it comes to long distance. So I love the time blocking idea. <laughs> I also recommend do not uh, track their location um, because that'll just turn you into a nervous wreck. Cause you're going to want to know where they are all the time. And it's just, it's not good. Like I, I understand why people do it and it's a safety thing. And, you know, if there's, if there's a particular situation mm-hmm. where you're like, you know, as a safety reason, I want you to track my location, totally understandable. But I think if you're doing mm-hmm. long distance for extended periods of time, you will drive yourself crazy if you're tracking them the whole time. So try not to do it. <laughs> that is such a good tip. Um, I guess to end off, what is the biggest piece of relationship advice that you can give to our listeners to take away from this episode? So the biggest piece of relationship advice I could give would be to do what I call is to wear the dress. Um, And I mean it both literally and figuratively. So literally wear a dress, get dressed up nice, do your makeup, get your nails done, make your hair look nice. Um, There's been a general decline in people, you know, dressing nicely in society now these days. And so you'll, you'll stand out um, in a good way that, you know, you take Mm -hmm. care in how you look and, it will also help improve your self-confidence. So if you're worried about, you know, going on a date and, or are you going to feel confident enough, you know, if you're dressed the best you could possibly be, that's one less thing you got to worry mm-hmm. about. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of blurring of the lines nowadays between what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. And in some of those mm-hmm. ways, that's, that's good that, you know, women aren't forced to be at home all the time, like that kind of mentality. But at the same time, you know, if, if you're a guy out there, and you're looking to date somebody, you don't want to date somebody who's like all your guy friends because you got plenty of those. You know, you're going to want a nice pretty girl that you're attracted to, but that is also going to mirror the qualities you have. So wearing the dress figuratively is really try to embody feminine qualities. And I'm not saying you got to do that all the time. Like if you like to do you know, some more quote unquote masculine activities, like maybe you really like to hunt or maybe, you know, you're an athlete. And so you're not afraid to get gross and sweaty and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, a guy out there, he's got his guy friends. He, you know, can do all sorts of activities with them. He's looking for a woman to build a life with um, and to mirror all the qualities that he has. So for as logical as he is, you know, you get to be the more emotional half for as much as, you know, he's really focused on, I want to meet these goals and I'm very driven. I'm going to do whatever I want to get there. He wants somebody who he can come home to at the end of the day and really just love him and give him a hug and a kiss and be like, you know, it's okay if you had a hard day, you know, if he wanted to just, you know, sit there and complain, he would go hang out with his guy friends. So Mm -hmm. really embodying as many feminine qualities as you feel comfortable with, um, I think will go a long way um, versus, you know, kind of just being as equal to a man um, in qualities wise as you could possibly be. I think that's a really great point to end on and something that isn't said enough. 
I want to thank you for joining us today on the podcast. You shared so many great tips that I know our listeners will benefit from. Make sure to join us next week as Karen will be back with me and we have a very special announcement in store for y'all. Make sure to subscribe to the Conservative Woman's Guide wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you are enjoying the show, leave us a five-star review and let us know how we're doing. Or if you have any ideas for upcoming seasons, you can email us at media at enlightenedwomen.org. We'll see you next time.